Blog Talk Radio.
You are the cowards who don't know the truth. You're the people that serve this evil system. You're the people that serve a system that hurts innocent men, women, and children. Not just Iraqis, not just Afghans, not just Africans, but the people right here in this nation. You serve a new world order that attacks and feeds on you. And I'm here to tell you that you will be defeated. Your hours are numbered. We've got the energy. We've got the life force. All you've got is evil backing you up. All you've got is greed and liking to look at yourself in the mirror. Because deep down, the New World Order is a pot-bellied, chicken-necked ninny. And all the armor and all the weapons are nothing. You are nothing compared to good. You are nothing compared to life. And you will be defeated. I want the individuals out there, I want free humanity to turn themselves loose, to cut the chains loose, and to use the end of that chain to slap the new world order right upside the head. You've got the power. You want to know who can defeat the new world order? It is you. You're the individuals that are going to be able to defeat this system. You're the individuals that are going to be able to take down the New World Order. It doesn't matter if Ron Paul wins. It doesn't matter if they rig the election. What matters is, is that we're starting to stand up. We're starting to move. We're starting to find our legs. We're starting to build our muscles. We're starting to realize that we do have power, and we can work together, and we can take action, and that the naysayers are a pack of weak liars who have never had any successes in their life and who are upset and frustrated to see us beginning to have victories against tyranny. They don't have any respect for themselves. They don't have any vision. And they don't have any will. And they sure don't have any of the power that shines out of God's soul and energizes all life in the universe. They have wed themselves to death. And they will crumble, and they will fall, and for eternity, we wed ourselves to life, and to everything good, and everything that flows from it. All right, everybody, Joseph Gibson here, podcasting, understanding the times in which we live today, restoring our republic, whatever way we can, however we can, we're... we're Everybody's out there, we're, you know, every night we're on the alternative media, you know, the large crowd of us out there, we got our ears to the ground, we're always paying attention to what's going on, nothing gets by us, I mean, it, it, we, we know about things that happen first before everyone else does, uh, if you talk to a person that doesn't pay attention to the, anything, uh, the zombies out there, they wouldn't know what we're talking about half the time, I mean, it, it's, they're, they're so far behind, it's not even funny. I mean, it's, 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 I don't see how people could live in the dark. I mean, I could go without paying attention for two weeks and still be ahead of the game with them. So, but we're, we're trying to restore our republic, and we're, we're, we've got all these ideas. And for the last six to seven months, I was on here with the re- republic, um, you know, with um, uh, Jim Carpenter and, and uh, uh, Mr. Geiger and all these other guys. Out there. Actually, Geiger, never, he never really came on, really. He... Came on very, very seldom. I mean, I think it came on like once or twice actually. And there were some player people that didn't come, and I, I thought that was a little bit odd, you know. And then, and then I was looking back at it, and I was like, all the shows that he downloaded that we did, 
he spliced them. Everything, everything that like it was just what they wanted. Like all the guests that called in, and you know, except for the ones I, you know, that I downloaded to my platform, but the ones that they uploaded to their platform on their on their on their platform, everything. There's nothing with Joe Gibson, nothing mentioning my podcast, nothing with all the other callers. It's just them. That's it. All you hear is, "Good evening, America. Your republic, if you choose to work it, it's here restored." If you choose to operate it, that's all you hear. Jim, that guy, Jim, he keeps talking, same old message. And then uh, Roger gets on and starts squealing for a little while. And then, uh, you, you know, a couple new voices, like that guy Gator or whatever, he came on a couple times, you know. He don't talk to me anymore on the Internet either. Uh, I guess they told him don't talk to me anymore because uh, I'm banned from the Republic. But uh, he come on, and I guess he was probably half in the bag. I don't know. But brothers, brothers. We got to restore the republic, you know, and and, and I, the reason why I'm saying this is I think things were done on purpose to purposely destroy my platform and to purposely not restore the republic. I believe that it was probably a psyop because now if you go over right and you go to see what they're doing, they're not doing nothing. All they're doing is preaching religion. Yoshia, 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 Yoshia. You know, the kingdom of Christ is here on earth already. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. And that's not what the republic is. That's not what God has nothing to do. That's not what the republic is, ushering Jesus Christ, the return of Jesus Christ. What are you talking about? So I think that there was something else going on. Now, the republic that we did talk about the 10 years ago thing, that really did happen. But people were arrested, and they were broken up, and these infiltrators came in and destroyed it. And it was a very big, large group. And I could never figure it out what, where, why somebody, some, you know, some stuck around and others didn't. You know, and it just took a while for me to – I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, that they're doing the right thing and, and they really believe. You know, and I, I would talk for hours to these people on the telephone, and, I, you know, and they would give these predictions, and they would leak out some information that did happen. That makes me wonder if they were working for the New World Order, because how would they know certain things were happening that would go down? Like there was some information that was leaked on my podcast show. It was uh, December. Uh, we were talking about the January 6th thing. Like, he went over in detail what was going to happen, and it happened. And there were other things, too, that he predicted. I'm not going to go into them all, but there was like several other things that he predicted. And he said, well, Joe, I'm going to give your listeners a, a treat tonight. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And it did happen. So how did he know that? You know, so so if you go back, you, some people that are faithful listeners that listen to all my shows know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyway, the bottom line is this. When they were asked if they would support me running for public office or if they supported me, and they would not come out and support me. They dodged the question. And with all the other things that I just mentioned, the before-mentioned stuff, it makes them suspect. And I have to openly say that. And I've got no apology. They have not tried to reach out to communicate with me at all. Now, here I am. I'm a person that's given uh, 14 years of my time to their movement. And they just kicked me to the curb. Which, which, you know, I mean, that's it. I was pretty much the last of the Mohegans out there of the, of the Republic that were actually out there promoting it. And they did, they, 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 
get a number on me. And so they succeeded. So whoever they're working for, that was their job to destroy the republic, and that's what they did. And I'm talking about the Republic of the United States org, and that was the website that they had up and. Um, the ten-year plan, the Restore America plan, that was that happened uh, back in 2008, 2009, 2010. So you know, the governors were all served with letters and whatnot. Um, so, but uh, yeah, it was a big thing. It was a big movement. But uh, but uh, anyway, it's gone. It's dissipated. It's no longer. And uh, but a lot of the things that we're talking about are true. The lawful things that we did talk about. So you just have to go back and decide for yourself. But that's what we are here now doing here again now tonight. We're trying to get people together. Got to keep going, I guess. Got to keep trying to bring people together and uh, form a movement. That's why I believe the only way to do this, the only way that I know of that I can do do it, is we have to elect people. And whether it's a de facto, I understand it's a de facto corporate. I get all that, but we have to elect people and we have to put them in there to usurp them, usurp the bad. And people say, "Well, that'll never happen. You'll, you'll turn. You'll be corrupt. You'll turn corrupt." If that's the case, then we're doomed. If we don't have any faith in our fellow man or, our, or 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 yourself to go in there and do the right thing, and you know you're going to be corrupted and you're going to sell out, then we're doomed. You might as well just, you know, I don't know, wait for whoever's coming back, God or whatever. You know, you, you, we're done. So there's no point. Just just pick up the newspaper every day and just wait for the big one. That's all I can tell you. Why bother? Why bother trying? Because because I don't believe that. I believe that there's there's good people. There are good people that have been elected in, in this country, and I believe I, I believe that Ron Paul was a good one. I mean, for instance, that's one example. Ron Paul was tried to do a lot, and he had quite a big movement there. When he ran for president, he should have won. I believe he did win. I believe they rigged the election. Uh, I believe he won the primary there, so uh, especially in Iowa. Uh, I mean, he was more popular than anybody. So, so you know, so this is what we got to do. If they're rigging the elections, which we know they are, we've got to be monitoring this. We've got to become electors, and we've got to uh, become delegates in our community, and we've got to be monitoring these elections. And we have to speak up and say something. This is our country, damn it. We have a right to speak up and say something. We have that right. Stop being scared. Jeez. Who cares? Man, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. You know, come on, man. These people out there get messages right now. You know, listen. You know, like these pastors. I'm just passing through. I'm just passing through. It's almost soul winner. You know, that's what I'm going out to do, soul women. <laughs> You're not winning any soul. Your souls are all corrupted. Your churches are broken. We're, I'm not preaching nothing about breaking the law. If they're going to come kick down your door for going out and doing the right thing, then so be it. Let's get it on. Let's do it. Come on. You know? I say, come on. And nobody wants to stand beside me. That's fine. I don't care. But I'm not going down like this, man. I'm not going out like this. And if I, you know, and at least when I'm going down or taking me out, I can call all you suckers. Because you're suckers. And you ain't can't say nothing else to me because you did nothing. That's how I'm going to do it. That's how it's going to go down in history. So I'd rather have you at work fighting and walking alongside me and, and us trying to restore this republic and doing and doing what we're supposed to be doing. Working until the Lord returns and going out there and stepping up, standing up to corruption and getting rid of corruption, no matter how powerful or how much it is. And, you know, listen, man. <laughs> 
I can't go into all this, the things that I'm involved in and how battles I'm fighting. So anyway, I did uh, ask a couple of people to come on here. One person, though, he was on here a couple of weeks ago, and I, I apologize for not give, doing the shows that we said we were going to do. We'll try to stick to this schedule here, the uh, Tuesday night. Uh, that seems to be the night to really stick. And then anything that f- comes in between that is a blessing, you know. But uh, is, is uh, 410 out there, you want to talk about this remonstrance thing a little bit more? I did invite some people on to listen about that. 410, oh, there he is. Uh, talk about that. And then there was someone else, too, I didn't invite on uh, a long time ago, was talking about this remonstrance thing. Uh, she, she was from another state, Minnesota, uh, I think, and she, was, she, she knew about that stuff, too. So, But anyway, go ahead, 410. you got the floor. Okay. Um, am I understanding that Sundays and Thursdays is not the normal, and Tuesday is your go-to date? I think Tuesday is the go. I think Tuesday we stick to this normal Tuesday. Because I was on a podcast show last night as a guest. Well, you know, I was a call-in guest, and and everyone recognizes this show as being on on Tuesday. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's stick to Tuesday then. You know, so I think Tuesday okay. is the best thing to do. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm learning. I'm. I, I was there Sunday. And it didn't yeah, happen, so I'm just wondering I know. what's going on. Well, with my work schedule me. was crazy. You know, working 16 hours a day, I mean, it's crazy. But but uh, but Tuesday, we can do this on Tuesday, so let's stick with Tuesday. Okay. And then, like well, I said in the intro, anything in between is a blessing, okay? And right. you guys can right. take well, the platform now. Listen, though, hang on a second. I want to say something now. You guys don't need me to run this platform. I'll give you the login credentials. You guys can have your own podcast. Do your own thing. I've always had said you guys could do this. I'm only here to monitor it. I don't have to do that either. You know, I mean, it's, this is open. All uh, I can go seven days a week here, so it's it's time that's not being used that I that's already paid for and everything. So, but we could talk about that another time. So go ahead. The floor is yours, sir. All right, John Gentry out of Tennessee. Okay, and uh, things are moving along, and he is scheduled with. Uh, Freedom for uh, Slavery on March 9th, um, and that's a Thursday, uh, to give a, uh, a talk or a lecture or however you want to call it about Miranstrand's petition uh, or redress petition. And what that is, folks, is built in the Constitution, and any citizen can uh, write a petition to Congress. Two examples, okay? One was a postmaster in Massachusetts. He wanted $200 to deal with the British uh, mail. He got it. The other one was a company in um, uh, Pittsburgh, they, and they said that a snuff tax was going to impede their business, and they rewrote the snuff tax law. So what we're trying to say is you have a tool, and this tool does work with the legislative body, but you can call out the judicial body for judicial malfeasance and, and so forth. And this petition is to, by its inception, read on the House floor of both Senate and House. Okay, And that's a big deal because it goes into the public record. And then the follow-up to that is teaching people parties of six is to swarm, and that is to audiovisual contact their representative and create a digital record. Call your congressman. Well, how do I know that you called your congressman? Well, you had five witnesses, and you mailed a copy, or you sent in a copy of the, the swarm to that congressperson. Then other people see it. Other people do it. 
okay? And that is the multiplication or the, uh, the factor uh, effect. So those are two things that uh, will get our voice heard. And Joseph, you said something right and that John believes in. Run for office and call them out or run your campaign to get elected, okay? And that doesn't mean kowtow or, uh, you know, bend on anything. Just run your campaign how you're going to run your campaign, but you got to throw your hat in the ring. you got to call out controlled opposition when you see it. And that's what the republic and, uh, is, is doing um, with controlled opposition and to kind of beat down Joseph's following and so forth and then the the religious preaching divide and rule folks they are just trying to come up with the divisions abortion this uh transgender that and yes there are very serious things but if you do not work on uh fixing the courts in fixing or in calling out the legislature they're going to constantly be putting a shield or a wall amongst the people never to scale it and come back to the root of the problem. And that is their consolidation of power. They're not listening to us, folks. So either, you know, or both run for office and audit them and take part, be a part of one state at a time or one state with the um, remonstrance redress petition. And wrapping up, I'm, I'm working with Texas, uh, Tennessee, and Florida just as an example. So Carolina can, can rise up, and um, they can contact me through Joseph, um, you know, if you want to learn more about it. I'm having MindSpring problems with some people's email, but I'm trying to get back to people, okay? But uh, I will have, wrapping up, I will have a recording, and we're working on a press release. And we're working on a whiteboard animation to put in the hands of the audience and say, uh, I, what can I do? What can I do? Well, you can share approved produ produced media that the independents and the individuals have created. And I thank you, Joseph, for, for letting yeah, me Yeah, man, uh, and you're absolutely right. I like you said that key point right there. I like how you said that they don't listen mm -hmm. to us. It's like that guy, Mark, um, a lieutenant governor down here, Mark, John, Mark uh, Johnson, or I think that's his name, Mark Robinson or something. I don't know what the hell his name is. He's not even important. I want to forget him anyway. But he, he's the lieutenant governor here, and I, I reached out a couple of days ago, and he was on Fox News, right? And uh, they only gave him like maybe like 20 seconds to talk on Fox News. You know how they do it real fast. They ask like two questions, and that's it, and they go to a commercial. So, but... So, you know, I don't know why they wake up in the morning and get on camera to do that. You know, it's so stupid. You know, you do an interview for, for two questions and you're done, you know. But, <laughs> I mean, but uh, I reached out to him to get, come on my podcast show, and he didn't even have the audacity to reply to me. So, you know what? I think he's going to be at the Republican convention on March 4th where I'm going to be, and I'm going to call him out on the floor. You know, I'm going to call him out. That's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to try to record it, too, on my phone. So, because I'm not, supposed to be a delegate. What about this, though? What about if you have your swarm team call them out prior and get it recorded instead of you taking the tip, taking the heat, start developing your campaign staff or start building your audience, and, and yeah. that's what we're doing here. We're building your audience, and we want to support you for running it, 
and and so forth because we don't have what you have and you got the time invested so we want to work with you but yeah a lot of years man yeah, a lot of years. Yeah. So, uh, anybody, yeah, anybody want to talk, join in the conversation here tonight? Again, I forgot to make that announcement. Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press one, and you can uh, join in here because it's an open, pretty much topic platform here. Uh, we're just here to try to restore our republic and uh, listen to ideas or talk about the problems that we're facing today. And you just heard this gentleman's ideas and what we're, what we're trying to do here. And uh, I think it's a it's a good start. It, it's something, and uh, uh, we just can't be going all like bats out of hell. Every every different direction, and, and nobody's getting anywhere. Nobody's gaining any any ground. You know, I mean, we just got to we got to get something to some stuff, substance, and it's lawful and it's peaceful. You know, nobody's a- agitating any violence here, condoning violence. We don't condone any type of violence or or any type of that hate. You know, we're just not doing it. So, uh, you guys out there, we're here to restore our republic, and that's what we're about here. So, uh, and we we have to do something. I mean, tell, tell me something. We've been, I've been throwing this question up. We actually asked it last night, or I think a couple nights ago. Uh, but before I do, you said you're working with Florida. So are you working with Mike down there? Is Mike from the National Militia Coordinator there, the guy that put that National Militia thing together? Are you working with him? Uh, I have been in touch with him, but he is on the three pillars. And the three pillars are um, the race, and sex and anti-Semitic uh, divisions, and he's trying to explain that how that is destroying the country, and that's not the same work as a remonstrous um, um, ah. redress. Okay, petition. so we okay. have a different patriot community out there doing something else, and now okay, so what? So explain that difference again, maybe what's going on? I did not know that actually. How does that work? I mean, he's working on on really again. What? Why? Why can't the Patriots groups get together, Joseph? Yeah. Throw out your ideas <laughs> yeah. on why can't we get together? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Ego, why? Attitude, guru. That's the that's the first one. Is the human behavior element. The second one is controlled opposition. The issues or the uh, GOP. Saying um, we're going to help, we're going to help, we're going to help, and they're still corrupt. So they are still fattening their wallets, and they're just putting on a dog and pony show. That's why. So until when you run for office, you're going to be calling out people for controlled opposition. I know you are. Okay. Yeah. Oh and yeah. It's, it's educating well, your audience on knowing what controlled opposition looks like. And start using that type of language. It's not lawyer language. It's not attorney language. It's life language, and it's it's tools and techniques that the the evil side is whipping our butts with. And so that's what's going with Florida. I got James and and James and James cousins, and these gentlemen do SCOTUS review, and they do police stop uh, tutorials. So um, that's what's going on down in Florida with with Mike S. Uh, he's just working on the things that are dividing us, or he's really got a passion uh, to address the moral character. So let's kind of go back to what you were saying about the Republic and how they're preaching Jesus and Savior and end times and all that. More yeah. division, they're holding us at the table. Go ahead. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, go ahead. No, keep going. Yeah, you're absolutely okay. correct. <laughs> well, uh, 
you know, that's that's what people really need to hear. And you're, I'm not, uh, you, know, you ain't Catholic, if, or you ain't Christian, or you ain't saved. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's Can we use two words, moral character? Can we work on that? <laughs> it's not taking God out of the picture. It's just I'm not allowing myself to be played, fool. I am not allowing you to bring up religion, church and state, separation of powers. I'm free right now to practice what I want to practice, but I do have good moral character. I have personal responsibility and those in microeconomies. Why does the Secret Service get all excited about counterfeit, right? They're trying to not have people to damage the USD, the greenback. But if we started developing microeconomies, withdraw consent, folks. Withdrawal consent, interpose, nullification. When we take our marbles off the playground and uh, protect one another's when they come after us, okay, that's where the, the, our country is heading. We're withdrawing from the sickness, okay? We're getting well. We're in recovery if we have halfway houses or if we have a recovery house, i.e., call it, you know, a compound or call it a community uh center and and that's what people really need to think about this is i don't need to play with the bad guy and try to beat the bad guy if i don't even show up for the fight it's when they correct correct thank you okay so that's what really people need to think about is we've been conditioned and programmed since birth okay you me everybody and it's a very, very small few that deals with the conditioning and programming first and doesn't get tangled up with the tribalism of the two teams, Democrat and Republican, okay? And um, people have been saying, I want the representative parties, not the political parties. And two things John mentioned to me tonight, if I could. Everybody from this download, from this podcast, Go ahead and read George Washington's farewell letter. And in that letter, it says political parties will be the downfall of this republic. What? What? And notice that in 1850, citizens from Philadelphia petitioned Congress, read Washington's letter, at the, at the beginning of every congressional session, guess do they still do it today, Joseph? Uh, I don't know. Do they? No. In 1980, <laughs> no, of course they not. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing, folks. When you have a simple Simon piece of of Americana, why why did you guys chicken shit? Why did you stop reading George Washington's? Farewell address. It's documented in the Senate um, um, archives. What year and, did and they on their stop website. that? What year did they stop that? 1980. Really? Wow. Yep. Wow. Interesting. Reagan, hello. Okay. Yeah. Not going to go there, trickle down. <laughs> but because um, they're both uh, two wings of the same bird. But yeah. that's the thing here, sir, is they did it from 1850. To 1980, every Congress was reminded by that. Oh, and look, they took it out. 
So part of the petition, okay, the national petition, but again, I'm I'm not a federalist. I'm a state's right. I'm a compact theory, and if these terms hurt your ears, it's okay. Learn it. Have a battle buddy and let's fight, okay? We need to get with someone else and get out of our isolation and our aloneness. We need to work with somebody else to understand compact theory and the Reconstruction Act of 1867, they punished nine uh, southern states, not because uh, freeing the slaves, because they wanted not to be Federalist folks. You're not going to learn that in school. That's what everything was the fight about, okay? Yes, it was. So yep. that was the one thing that uh, John Gentry brought to my attention, and I, 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 I challenge, I challenge, and not being a tough guy or know-it-all, but Go read George Washington's farewell letter, okay? That's the one thing. And then do you guys remember who Kirk Cameron is? Kirk Cameron, yeah, he does that uh, Rapture series, doesn't he? Yes, yes, he does. He also has Millennium, and that is an hour and 40 documentary on the moral character of the Founding Fathers that uh, John Gentry – wants to promote and let people see that that's the level of uh, moral character we need to look at and get back to and hold each other accountable. And none or very few of our elected representatives would have the same moral character as the founding fathers. And it's only through conditioning and programming that people are getting away from this uh, and because we, the population, the general population, does not check or challenge them because they haven't seen it before. The last time someone did a successful uh, uh, redress petition was in 1890, and John Gentry's trying to bring it back. Okay. Okay. So with three states filing. Or four states, and hopefully, I don't know where your audience is, you know, and I wish we could have, you know, uh, a meetup or some type of, besides just call in, where where if you want to be part of a training, a 30-minute training or, or, or um, something. So please, you know, whoever. That sounds interesting. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Think about it. Um, but wait, you ever hear of John Ainsworth from uh, North Carolina, from uh, uh, John America's Remedy? You ever hear of him? No. Please tell no. me. About All right. Well, I think I think. Uh, well, I'm gonna play something right here with him with uh, Cliff Muncy, Cliff Muncy, and uh, him here. This is this pretty much walks along the lines of what you're talking about and what you were really just talking about too with the uh, military dictatorship. And then uh, calls, phone calls. Anybody wants to join in here? Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press one. And just be patient, and I'll get to you. I'm gonna play this real quick and uh, listen to this, and then uh, we'll come come back on. It's not that long, so but it's very informational, and it's important actually to everything that you were just talking about. Quick Muncie, I'm a representative of Forsyth County for the du jour state of North Carolina, the North Carolina American Republic. And I'm here with John Ainsworth. He's Chief Magistrate of the Republic, and he's going to give us a little information about a, a case that we're going through uh, here lately. Um, John, we've got some uh, we've got some papers here. Just explain first of all. Well, explain first of all. Tell me exactly what is the mission of the North Carolina American Republic, and and how do we go about well, the mission of the North Carolina American Republic is to um, 
get America back under lawful government. We got a huge movement out in the country today of like, how come we don't have states' rights? You know, how did the federal, federal government get uh, unlimited powers to work and do all sorts of things? And, and we teach people how did that happen? And it's actually a legal argument that has never been taken to court and adjudicated of how this happened. And most people don't know what this legal argument is. And of course, we take it back to Reconstruction. So our mission statement is to get lawful government reestablished back in America. And if you reestablish lawful government, you get back to local self-government at, at the state level, and, and you put the federal government back in its 10-mile square with limited powers. So it's, it's really just restructuring, get America back to what our founders put in place and what was destroyed by the Reconstruction Acts of 1867. Just to bring it up to modern-day terms, how are you – so you basically you're fighting uh, – we're fighting Reconstruction. Right. Uh, and so how do, we, how do we go about doing that? I mean, tell me a little bit about the, the case that we have – issue is a legal issue, okay? And so we have people that go in and fight in court to try to bring up this legal issue so that we can get it adjudicated, you know? Of, you know, is the state that was brought into the American Union lawful, you know, this new state called North Carolina that came into the Union on June 25th, 1868, was it lawful? Well, we feel we have a right to challenge this. And so we've got an individual who has a, um, she's got a pretty good knack for getting tickets, um, Mandy Rose, uh, and, and she goes into court, and the issue is, is she has realized that the state that's in place now is put in place by coercion and fraud and, and constitutional violations. It's unconstitutional, and it is not the original state being readmitted into the union. It's the creation of a new state. So she's going into court. She's not wearing her seatbelt. Uh, she let her driver's license expire, and she's saying, you know what? I will, I will obey every one of your laws. If you can prove you're a lawfully created state, the foundation of all law, the foundation of all jurisdictions is a lawfully provable jurisdiction, your creation. Let's look at your foundation. But what we have here in the state is we have the state likes to start in the middle of the argument. They want to start with, well, you know we're lawful, so therefore you have to obey us. And we're like, well, that's an assumption, knowing you're lawful. So we're challenging the assumption of your lawfulness based on the unconstitutionality of Reconstruction, the annulment of the original state. And so Mandy is going in fighting this. It's a legal argument. They have a responsibility to, to prove that? Well, according to, you know, all law is founded on, uh, again, all, all laws of courts of justice are founded upon the concept of you have a lawful jurisdiction. Okay, that's a, the, the basic fundamental foundation. And that's the foundation we're attacking. That's the foundation Amanda Rose is attacking with the state. Prove your lawfulness, and then we'll talk about the seatbelt issues. We'll talk about all this other. Because I have no obligation to an entity that's exercising power that refuses to prove it's lawful. I mean, I have, I do not have that obligation. No one has that obligation. Because that's, you know, that's, you know, just being bullied into obedience, you know. Now, now let, me, let me clarify something, because I think, I think a lot of people that see these videos, they, they do misunderstand this. I want to go into this just a little bit. Uh, I mean, don't you – most people have driver's licenses. I mean, you know, I mean, the majority of people that drive, they have driver's licenses. Mm -hmm. uh, and they they obey the traffic laws and, and the speed limits. I mean, don't we – isn't that stuff there for don't we, don't we need that stuff? <laughs> well, there's – the answer to that is no, we don't. There are certain things you do need. Okay, you don't want just anybody going out there running around doing whatever you can. We're going to get into a little bit of international law here, concepts, first of all. But, but we, we need to 
state, you know, they, they will tell you that driving is a privilege, not a right. Well, wait a second. This is the land of the free. You're trying to tell me that people don't have a right to travel? Well, this is kind of a huge issue. Now, we don't have a problem with certifying people's ability to, to drive competently, you know, do a, do a driver certification, because a certification doesn't um, uh, infer that it's illegal, that you're doing an otherwise illegal activity. It's just showing you're competent to do, you know, whatever everyone else is, should be have a competence to do with their out on the highways. Um, and then you go to the speed limits and the seat belt laws and things of this nature. Well, there's a lot of these things that are designed for your safety. But the issue is, again, it gets down to the point of can the state demand you be safe, call a free society, and penalize you if you don't act in what they deem to be a safe manner, okay? Because if you go under the common law, you know, the, the, the laws we used to have, it's, I mean, you're responsible for your actions. So if you go out there and act reckless, recklessly and, wreck, you know, wreck somebody's car, you're liable, okay? So you still have a all right, so what do you think about that thus far with him back against his seatbelt things and everything? But is he, is he attacking this the right way? Yep. Uh, and he brought up the point, common law uh, being public law, and then 1938, they turned it to public policy. When common law says if you cause somebody harm, DWI, property damage, he nailed it right on the head there, okay? Yeah. If you cause an accident... You caused harm. That is common law, but it's the it uh, the law industry of America has done this to us, and we haven't been able to get it to through our heads that we need to address the law industry. And who are is the law industry? The politicians. So yeah, uh, yeah. yes, and so there, there you go with that. Is he's on to something? The real question is, why can't it grow out of North Carolina? They have meetings on Saturdays, and that's the North Carolina Republic, and they yeah. have a good website. What is their growth? What you know, and and are they willing to put together a uh, a petition with Gentry and and so forth, or do we deal with uh, like you said, psyops? Controlled opposition yeah. or just distrust from one another? Is is John – I see on the website that he is not the, the, the chief deputy, but he is, uh, you know, in, in District 39. Do you know your district within this uh, free republic? Mm, uh, with the free republic, no. I'm, I'm de facto with 65, so – but uh, so okay. I don't know what – yeah, but um, no, I don't actually. Have you – I haven't been following that long. Um, have you uh, had John on before? Oh, yeah. I've known John for years. Uh, I had him on about oh, seven years ago on this podcast, actually, and uh, we spoke on the phone quite He's a very busy guy, but, uh, yeah, I had him on uh, years ago. Yeah. Okay. Great. Do you think – I mean, we're coming into seven, you know, post-COVID, okay? So if if we're not – whipped up in and worth to throw her a hat in a ring and I know you're running for office, et cetera. Wouldn't post COVID, wouldn't post cartel monies and home um developments out in Arizona, you guys are aware of what's going on there? No, what's going on there? The DNC is getting cantri- uh, 
contributions, funding through housing developments. The cartel are buying and running the housing developments. And oh, that is a splash and it's not just it's not just Arizona, also in Tennessee. They are now using housing, okay? The thing that BlackRock and Vanguard have $19 trillion tied up into. So where we, the people, it's harder and harder for us to get a house, right? And Oh, my sweat. God. Yep. Wow. They're using the housing financial uh, industry to control us. But people yep. are finding out. And, um, you know, but what will be done with it? Even with the evidence, what will be done with it? Where exactly. is the county constable, the county sheriff, and say they're the only ones that can smack down a criminal charge, from my understanding. Somebody fact check me on that. I'm okay with that. It yeah. is the citizens yeah, I think you're right. that can file the civil. Thank you. Thank you. Okay? So – with, with what – and also that whole jurisdiction and origin. Did you hear how John uh, said how the state loves to come in the middle of it? I got a huge cracking smile when I heard, uh, you know, heard that. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just to say – okay, and this is very important. You have – we have really four layers, if I may, okay, just – Quickly to say the four layers. The the first layer is de facto working within the uh, by force government, and that's what de facto means by force. Okay, and doing the remonstrance redress petition. Help out with that, people. Get off your ass and connect and and talk. You know, and call we had a bunch of people in Oklahoma that were doing that remonstrance, too. Minnesota and, and Oklahoma, and I don't know what happened to it. I, I've lost contact with a lot of these people. And, uh, you know, they were working on the remonstrance, and uh, I just don't know what became of it. Uh, and uh, I remember well, them, Is there any uh, way to archive or get their contact information? Are they dead to um, us? What's, what's that look well, like? Well, I have their contact information. It's them replying back. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, people are you never you know that. <laughs> you know, it's just hard to get a hold well, of people. What nowadays. I know is it's warm. You know, you have four or you have six people say, Will you reply to Joseph G's podcast in the subject? There box. you go. Yeah. You do that six times, not sixty six. Okay, let's start basic people. Okay. You send somebody with the same subject line and it's not I got money from you, I'm a Nigerian prince. None of that bullshit. Having fun, having fun. But if you say you know, we're trying to contact you about this. Uh, will you be on this podcast? You get that message six times. Don't you think a knee-jerk reaction is going to come out of you? Yeah. Well, you know, see, at the same time, too, I'm in the rebuilding phase now. Remember, I just wiped out a whole platform of listeners that were coming on here that were contributing, you know, these Republic people, you know. So, you know, we, we yeah. had we, – we, for seven months, I was catering to them and their pla- and their, their base, you know. So we, we just wiped out a whole, whole base of listeners here. And I've done that a couple times throughout the, over the years where I've had groups of people, uh, you know, where I've had, you know, a, a certain crowd single in on my show, you know, and, uh, and that's, that's happened. And sometimes it's been successful, other times it's been a disaster. And you can ask other people that have been around a long time on my show. Uh, I don't know if Sarge is out there listening tonight. Sarge, you know, uh, I think Sarge has been around. Matter of fact, Sarge, I think, been 
one of the longest listeners that, I, that, that uh, I've had now, uh, been on here for, for, for I think, yeah, I think Sarge, uh, he remembers the crowds we had Mandelicon. Remember Mandelicon? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, we had this other guy, Black Jesus Minister. We had another group here. We had the, uh, the, the neo-Nazis on here. We had Sarge, we've had them all on here. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've had, we've had so many different crowds on here. It's just uh, uh, of people, and it's, it's amazing, you know. Uh, so, we, so we're well known. It's just that we have to get the right people that are going to do the right thing. You know, that's what's important. Yes, and we had and we had the militia crew on here. I remember we had Barry Croft on here. Barry Croft was a regular call-in guy here for a while. Barry Croft, uh, the one there was, uh, unfortunately, he's in prison now, and his life is pretty much over. I think he got 19 years for that uh, Michigan fiasco there. So uh, you know, uh, but uh, we got some callers here. That uh, I got one that just put their hand up too right now. So let's uh, take a caller and see what we got here. Go ahead, there, private caller. Hey, ask and you shall receive. How you doing? There he uh, is. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? Very interesting discussion. Uh, I got a couple of questions and comments about uh, what I've heard tonight. And But first, I'd like to preface my remarks by saying I'm very familiar with the aspect of jurisdiction, being a state policeman, having chased people in hot pursuit for a crime committed in, in the state, in my state, uh, or for warrants, they were on warrants within my state into another state, and the things I had to go through, even though the arrest was made in the other state. You know, I mean, there were procedures we had to follow. Uh, even though we would make the arrest there, we would have to take that person before a judge in that state uh, who would then uh, examine whether or not the person should be extradited to my state for adjudication. So I understand very thoroughly jurisdiction and you know what it requires even hell even within counties in the state i'm went in making an arrest in a county they'd often have to go for the county judge before you can remove him from that county to be uh prosecuted in another county so yeah i, I understand it but my question is about this idea of things like traffic laws and all that sort of thing am i to understand you're saying that the states may or may not have the jurisdiction established these laws that the Tenth Amendment, I understand, generally gives them permission to legislate in because of Reconstruction and the fact that Reconstruction was not done in a legitimate, in a constitutionally legitimate manner. Is this what I'm to understand? Hello? Hello? Where are you Joseph? Or- you know, no, that's for you, you brother. That's for you. He's, he's addressing you. You're my expert on that. So, <laughs> well, the the key thing is this: we're you're talking about right to travel and and then reconstruction. In, in my understanding, can can we get a baseline on the driving is right to travel and what the audio clip that you heard was about um, certification, but. The states do not have, and there are people walking around with the common law response. As a state trooper, you're trained in interrogation and the Locratic method, asking questions to have um, defendants, you know, self-incriminate, correct? Correct. Okay. So with that understanding, if people do use common law – in um, the traffic stops, 
then they're challenging the justification of the stop. I see you uh, are in an emergency. How can I help you? Versus you were speeding or you made a blah, blah, blah turn. What harm was done to the person? Identify them. Does this make sense? Uh, well, yeah, I understand that, but I think you're speaking to to prudentiality, I think, rather than uh, strict matters of state jurisdiction, aren't you? Now, I'm I'm trying to explain, and I appreciate you working with me on this. Okay, this is not adversarial. It's it's uh, just two two folks just trying to address what another person um, stated and. Uh, what I agree with the uh, Reconstruction Act, and that's where, because of the violation and the Federalist and, and so forth, the state rights have been violated. So there are ways of arguing on states' rights when someone is trying to uh, force federal um, statute on you, okay? That's one thing. Uh, to and then the second thing was just about the right to travel and for people to understand the common law defense or common law response and with right to travel, then all these driver's licenses and, and registration, you're familiar that the citizens started registration of their cars because of prohibition, correct? Yes, uh, pretty much. Uh, there was some before that, but as a general, yes. Because the officers wanted to identify who the good guys were. The good guys would register their property out on the highway. Now, then the bootleggers then wouldn't have the, the vehicle registered, and those were the ways of pulling over the bad guy. So everybody you know, needs to kind of know that story and how we have registration is a um, – a volunteer action. You sign up to have it registered. But when in common law, because of no harm, no foul, you didn't cause any harm to anyone, so you're not obligated to register. That is a voluntary action, but they threaten you. And contempt of court, no judge can hit you with contempt of court because they are threatening you in retaliating against you. U.S. Code 14-14060. So it's because we're not lawyers in our daily that we can't go into a courtroom or we can't respond in writing of against or in response to the petition or the summons. Just imagine if everybody had Joe G's podcast where Common Law 101 was taught and everybody was – was well-versed in, in what we're talking about tonight. The courtrooms would be empty. The machine would collapse under its own weight. Yeah, they would. Uh, yeah, uh, well, let me, right. now I want to make sure I understand the argument before I really ask any detailed questions. I'm not quite sure that I do. I think I got most of it. Like with Quo Warranto petitions, I remember one put for, in particular that was put forward by Leon Leo D'Onofrio, with regard to Barack Obama, uh, given the fact that he did not believe he was an Article II natural-born citizen qualified to hold the office of President of the United States, he attempted to put a quo warranto petition before the Supreme Court to ask by what authority he holds the office of President. And, of course, that petition was denied. 
So I understand what, you know, the idea of quote warranto petitions are and the uh, the other type of petition you mentioned. I understand the purpose, but... Wait, wait, okay, this is very important. So have you have, have you seen a remonstrance redress petition before? No, sir, I have not. Okay, all right, please continue. All right, well, uh, well but... In order to separate the reconstruction issue from just the broad issue itself, now there are only 11 states that could have been affected by reconstruction because they were the Confederate states. I believe only nine of them, strictly speaking, were really uh, heavily uh, affected by reconstruction. So let's look at the other states that weren't. Now, are we saying that that uh, what you're speaking of here? with regard to the things like traffic laws, right to travel. And my understanding now is that the, the, the licensing requirements in almost every state, I know it was in my state, uh, was simply about that right to operate a motor vehicle upon publicly uh, uh, maintained highways uh, and streets. And motor vehicle only, not the right to travel. Because you have a right to travel by foot, by contract, by horse and buggy, by any number of ways. But in operating a motor vehicle is what is at stake with regard to driver's license. So, again, uh, how would that be affected with regard to the states that were not involved in Reconstruction other than to send troops there or whatever they did? I mean, you know, like the northern states in particular. How would this affect them? So the Reconstruction issue isn't, isn't uh, uh, linked with this. Okay. I think the the Reconstruction uh, issue or uh, act deals with jurisdiction and also deals with states' rights versus federalist rights. So that is one argument when you get hauled into any court. Who are you? What authority do you have to bring me into this court? That's that argument. And then the whole motor vehicle versus horse versus bicycle versus your own two feet, right to travel, is uh, driving when you have the driver's license, is it a right or a privilege? Well, as I understand it, uh, and the way it's operated, it's clearly it's not a right in the, in the state I was in. It's not a, it's a privilege granted to you by the, by the state under legislative authority. Okay. And so what they – I operate a motor vehicle on a public highway. Right. Yeah, and, and combustionable engine, tires, et, et cetera. And, or a golf cart, electric motor, or anything, any kind of motor vehicle. Okay, and you go to the registration of that. So I don't have the uh, U.S. code or UCC on that, so all I can say is um, I'm going to have to research it and get it, get it back to you. And um, the uh, argument is to find out that is the – States, do they have the ability to prevent you from operating a motor vehicle? Is that is that your your question? Well, uh, as of now, they definitely do. At least they're assuming it, whether they have it or not. Uh, I'm willing. I'm open to arguments that they actually really don't. But thus far, I haven't seen anything because there's all kind of arbitrary rules and laws they can make that are really kind of stupid. But they they've got the authority to make them. I mean, all kind of. Forty percent of the laws that are passed are really arbitrary and unnecessary. I mean, that's okay, my let's, opinion. Let's, let's go to the genesis of this. Remember how the state likes to come in the middle, okay? So the origin 
1938 it was when public law was suspended and public policy took over. So your arguments are valid to negate any statute that was passed from 1938 to present day. You have that right to argue that because they are not constitutional and they are applying public policy, a statute on you, and not a public law. Bingo. Game over. So that's where the judges intimidate and hit you with contempt, and then you have to take it to appellate, and then you have to take it to even higher, and until you either quit out of attrition or something happens to you. Let's look at the, right. the history, folks. You know, Lincoln right, well, like bring something, killed. Well, let me bring something Sorry. else to your attention. I'd like to hear your, your comment on this. Now, this has been my understanding prior to these recently, what I've been hearing arguments like yours advance, and that is this. Under the rubrics of the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, the powers of the state, and I prefer to call them powers because I think people have rights and governments have powers, and I don't like to – give anybody the idea the state's got the right to do anything. The question is whether or not they got the power to do it so we keep them in their proper lane. You know, I think governments are all about power and the restriction of that power, which the Constitution is intended to be a restriction on governmental power. That's the purpose of it. So it doesn't impinge any more than is necessary upon our liberties because I think we can all agree government is, a, is evil but a necessary evil. Uh, so, I mean, if we want to keep the evil that it can do minimize, and that's the whole purpose of the Constitution. Now, my understanding about about this, this sort of thing um, has been that the federal the Constitution is the supreme law of the land no matter what we believe about anything. Constitution is the supreme law of the land, period, over and done. That's it. It sets down every, everything else, all power, all authority, all rights, uh, even those that are inalienable. Inalienable rights are just specified so nobody knows everybody knows you're not supposed to mess with them all all authority all law comes from the supreme court of the united i mean the constitution of the united states now everything that is not forbidden to the states by the constitution and you know the constitution sets the minimum floor the states are free to add more rights if they wish or expand upon the rights that the constitution guarantees at the minimum but that's the minimum you can go below the what the constitution says I, my understanding is the states are pretty much free to legislate in everything else through the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. I mean, you know, importuning their legislatures to pass the laws they think are necessary for the health, safety, and welfare of their citizens under the term called police power. That has been my understanding to now. Now, what do you think are the defects in that reasoning, if any? Well, okay, thank you. The one is we have the right to withdrawal consent and you again 1938 public policy versus public law no harm was done with the zoning of uh your stoop was uh you know off kilter no no public harm was done and it is challenging these lower laws and ordinances and statutes so no, uh, they don't have the power to put this on a citizen because it's unconstitutional. And that's the recycling or the revolving argument is your statutes and public policy do not 
govern me, and I withdraw consent to be governed by a tyrannical government. Boom. And so, so where do you end you up? Mean, so, you, you don't. Go ahead. So let me let me make sure I understand this before we go any further. So then you are saying that if a, that uh, that a person, an individual citizen, would have the right to inherently withdraw consent to a zoning law as an individual because he thinks that, or he states that 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 law is in, unconstitutional and should not apply to him or her. Is that what I'm going to understand? Where is the harm? Where well, is the property loss? Where is uh, the damages and harm, sir? Uh, say if you want to do a brothel and a... Wait, 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 wait. No, we're talking about a stoop. You see what I'm saying? And and so it, it, the argument is the Constitution, where is the harm or damages? If there are no harm and damages, that is common law. If you then start to put on uh, layers and layers, then you're into public policy, not public law. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand that then. So then you would be saying then that if – but isn't determining whether a law is arbitrary or not a sort of a matter of great subjectivity? And saying I would, that there's I no would harm? say that – Isn't that sort of a subjective uh, standard? No, I would say go back to 1938 and look at the laws prior to that and then the laws post to that. They flipped the switch on us. We the people in 1938, and they conditioned you. Let me ask you this because you don't sound like Morgan Freeman or Billy D. Williams who was born in 1937. Were you born prior to 1938, right? No. Not by any means. When were you born then? I was born in uh, in the middle of the 20th century, 1951. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so my – the, the thing is this. You have been conditioned in program in public policy. You know nothing about – and your parents don't know about public law, and that's what we're trying to teach, talk, discuss, debate about is public law versus public policy. And then those decisions to but control But our grandparents, us. brother, but our grandparents and I, I like I had the fortune, fortune uh, to know my great-grandparents growing up with them. It's, actually, my great-grandmother didn't pass away until I was uh, – until I was almost 18 years old. So, you know, so they allowed this to happen, and they didn't do nothing about it. And they, she grew up during the time, in the 20s, and actually before the 20s she grew up, and uh, she yeah. saw the turn of the century. You know, so it, it didn't bother them at all, you know, when she was around 1985, watching everybody get driver's licenses and everything. And, you know, and, and, and you know, so why, why are we, you know, I understand what you're saying, that the country's broke. Is this really the reason why our country's broke, because of this? Or is it because our people are well, immoral no, I'm, now? I'm going to say it's multiple factors, and, and like the one gentleman Sarge said, isn't law you know, um, held by vigorous debate and, and so forth? And yeah. I asked the question, when you start apply, applying public policy versus public law is the vigorous debate. The Constitution is the Constitution, and where is the harm and the damages? That's what the Constitution was set up so we can be free and independent men and women, not persons. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, true, true. All right, now yeah. an- another point here. Now, one thing I do like about your your argument is that it might minimize the number of 
insanely ridiculous, absurd, almost grotesque laws we have on the books today, which I am all for eliminating many of them. But the only thing I have a bit of reservation about is whether or not the state has the jurisdiction to make them. Because, uh, and, and, and I think that's where I, I'm, I'm having the hang up here. Because I, 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 I can think of any number of, uh, um, of almost punitive and just absurd laws that probably are and have been held to be constitutional in many cases. So, I mean, I, would I, like I think to hear that. I'm having a problem with I don't have a problem getting rid of most of these laws, but I, I'm still trying to understand the strict nature of the jurisdiction with it. Okay. Um, we're, we're, we're trying, or I'm trying to say that the origin, when it comes down to the law, who has the right, and the origin is between the Constitution and the individual. And when the state comes in and tries to enforce unconstitutional laws, that's where they are in breach. And that is the argument. You cannot come in breach when you're trying to put a law on somebody that is not constitutional. So uh, so let me give you – let's take a concrete example that's pretty much in the news today. Um, people today are, are definitely uh, agreed that fentanyl is a threat to the republic and the citizenry, even though individuals, for the most part, arbitrarily choose, I mean, choose, elect to, to consume fentanyl. But the people uh, in the majority of these states have decided that fentanyl usage, it will, in and of itself, would be a crime, intrinsically is a crime, to possess fentanyl illegally and you're not a research facility or or whatever and you're an ordinary citizen you get the stuff illegal on black market or whatever and you possess and consume it you've committed a crime now are, are we saying that if someone was a challenge based upon your theory you are saying that the tyranny of the that would be a, a asset that would be the tyranny of the majority imposing an unconstitutional rule or statute on this individual who would want to use fentanyl Sarge, I'm going to have to go to Portugal 20 years, and I'm also going to have to go to um, expose, investigate, and audit. We both know the entire drug uh, argument is controlled opposition. And if we can't agree on that, then I will just yield the floor and say the drug argument is controlled opposition. Look how many people are locked up over drugs. Look at Portugal. Look, look, look. And I'm not going to get into a debate on when I know it's controlled opposition, and I have experienced investigative knowledge in hemp and cannabis in Kentucky. So there's where you won the argument, or you just but walked pastors, into well, controlled pastors, opposition. Well, hang on now. But pastors will come around and say that if we condone drug use, and that's sinful, and that takes away the morality and the moral foundation of what our republic was built upon. Our republic had cannabis. It was 1937 when the politicians punished and taxed it, Joseph. You know, I know. this, right? Oh, I know. Oh, I know. You I know. know I'm, that, I'm, I'm on your side on this. I'm just saying that that's okay, what I've well, been told by pastors. Well, again, you know? it, it, what, we, what, what we just walked into, and, and I'm not saying Sarge is, is using controlled opposition. I'm saying we need to identify it. 
and why did the republic come in and smash your audience and, and so forth to shut you up, to control you? And so when you first look at um, drug topics, let's EIA the drug topic, and that's expose, investigate, and audit. And, and then you start seeing a bunch of people pucker up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk about this here, here, here. And it's like, no, if we're going to talk about that. Well, I know Sarge is in control of that. I know that. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to tell you, okay. actually, actually, my experience as a police officer has taught me that the drug war is largely futile. So I want to I wanna make that clear right off the bat. I don't think it can work. And here's the reason I don't think it can work, because if we had a truly libertarian attitude – toward drug usage, the problem would take care of itself. But we don't. We insist upon relieving people of the consequences of their drug use. Uh, we insist upon a public policy that will not hold individuals responsible for what they do. And therefore, part of it, part of the effort to create drug law in the first place is a misguided effort to prevent, protect people for the consequences of their actions. We don't have it. I don't think we ever will be able to have it because of human nature and human, and human, and human beings' ability to sit there and say, hey, you just got to take responsibility for whatever happens to you if you do this. This, we, this country just seems to be incapable of allowing that to happen. Let me well, ask we got you another that. voice here. Okay, go ahead. I got another okay. voice here who wants to jump in here too. Uh, 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 so let's bring him on. Bring this. I don't him or her. I don't know. Uh, bring them on. They've been waiting a little while here. Uh, three. Sorry, make you wait. Three one four. Go ahead. Joseph Gibson is Tom here. The man. How you all doing? All right, we got another gentleman on here yeah. too. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, I can't think of his name though. <laughs> Please announce yeah, your name for all our listeners. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, no, it makes great points. You know, I think that all what's now considered illegal drugs, I think that they should be legalized and provide dispensaries where dr- drug addicts who are sick can come in and get proper dosage, safe drugs, and they can pay for it. And the money can't go toward other things. Restoring our republic, this is a major issue, actually. The drug problem is a major, major problem because most of our prisons are filled with drug users and drug violators. So, you know. It's controlled opposition. Do you not see how the drug war was since Nixon? Hello. It's controlled opposition. And to put what Sarge says, the legal industry, the drug traffic, the courts. This is all about the the money behind yeah. getting caught yep. cops and robbers, right? It's cops and, and de- dealers. So until we address that and and deal with controlled opposition first, and if you you know everybody has to have a strong strong understanding, example example of controlled opposition and and so forth, and the expose, investigate, and audit. So I'm wrapping up, and I just want to say. Look at the legal industry and start running your calculator. Sharpen your pencil up and look at the assets and liabilities with around this entire – and America is a litigious statute country post-1938. And we can restore the republic if we restore public law. We allowed our elected officials – to deviate. How dare you, Greta Thunberg would say. 
And as the new girl in UK would say, are you serious? Those are the two <laughs> phrases we need to say to our elected officials. How dare you in are you serious? Bring us back to 1938 where this bullshit of public policy is not stressing me. Get out of my life. I am a free man or woman. Bye. Yeah, true, true. Well, that's going to take yeah. groups of people making that claim, making that – and sending that message. you got to send that message. And it uh, so you're have saying to you're going to use a uh, remonstrance uh, redress petition? Okay, looking forward to. to reading yours. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you do. You got to tell the federal government, hell no, we ain't going to do it. Now you got to tell the I got an email on this actually last time we were on, and I got scolded for not asking it. We okay, we got our group of six. We well, we got our remonstrance ready to go to the House floor. They refused to hear us. What do we do then? It's unconstitutional for them to hear it. So then, civil case to uh, to uh, address the unconstitutional action, but. To Mr. Emailer or Mrs. Emailer, the real question is, is what type of swarm campaign did you shame them for not hearing it? How many uh, overpassage signs at rush hour did you uh, stand out on the two hours at night to let people know that the state – so there's a lot of tactics, okay? It's work. It's work to have them read it and – when you can address what happened in the past and why they're refusing to read it, they're in breach of the state constitution. Oh, you want to get reelected again? Hello, Mr. Election Official, uh, Mr. Chairman. So and so can't numbers run are again key. because what numbers are key there? Because you know what? If there's only a few of us, they don't care. You know that. You know we. That's the whole thing. What this show is all about. These people don't care about us. They don't care. You know, they don't they're, have they're, to care because they're bought and paid for, and that's they right. have controlled opposition to keep us fighting one another. And for, so yada yada yada. So to answer that person's question, there are multiple tools and tactics. Let's see your. But everybody wants to talk about what it could have should have, like Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And everybody on the last call was like, "Has this been done before? What have you did it? I haven't read your uh, petition yet." So everybody yeah. wants to be a Monday quarterback, okay? And, and the country's not going to survive if everybody's a Monday quarterback. We need people to step up and be the quarterback, right or wrong. Baltimore you're Baltimore. right. You're 100% right on that, and I have those debates all the time. But then we get we get the, the, the God aspect. People say, this country's not going to be saved. It's all going downhill. You're, you're not going to save this country, Joe. Stop wasting your time. You know, that, how many times do I get that throughout the, war, throughout the course of my Did week? Did we have the moral you know? character uh, argument or moral, char- uh, moral, moral character discussion in the beginning of this podcast? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely correct. I, I understand that, but so then, that's so then what, you just you counter know? back though. When 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 the person says blah blah blah, all, all that kind of stuff is like, well, how's your moral character? This is my moral character. What are you doing? I'm to here to win souls. I'm here to win souls. They'll say I'm here to win souls. That's what that's what yeah. that's what God told me to do. Win souls, not 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 to, to win the government over. Okay, and then I'm going to say, guys, this is where, and gals, whoever's listening, this is where we learn, okay, right now you're operating in controlled opposition. You're functioning in controlled opposition. So the argument is then mute. 
I uh, withdraw consent to work with anybody or to debate controlled opposition. There you go. Okay. All right. You know, okay. and you just check out on them. And, and here's yeah. the thing with the check out. If I can have my butcher and I, that butcher can count on me on how much beef and, and chicken and, and hog I'm going to buy from them, I start creating microeconomies, right? Yeah. And it's the microeconomies that the centralized bank, okay, fear. They want us dependent to the greenback. Why are they losing their shit over crypto and so forth? They don't want microeconomies to exist. And then they're trying to create the central bank digital currency. Once again, getting you hooked. And I wanted to bring this up. Let's go through the death roll, okay? Abraham Lincoln died because he introduced the greenback. Hello. Yep. Okay? It was an interest-free or a debt-free currency. And what we currently have is an an interest-bearing currency. Welcome to the world, folks. Kennedy wanted to get us on the silver note. He got clapped. Hussein wanted to get his country off of the petrodollar. He got hung. Gaddafi wanted to get off the petrodollar. He got toppled. And then the Shah of Iran, um, he wanted to have nationalized Petro. Uh, but then he got ousted, and the Ayatollah came in. So, folks, they're going after Iran the now. They're, yep. Yep, they're going after Iran now. Iran's the big bad wolf, you know. I mean, yeah. and we know that they're they're a, they're a non-central bank country, and they and they're a sovereign country, and their new world order can't stand them. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, Joe. Look, Joe, this is the thing, man. Look, it took from 510 BC, starting with the classical, uh, an introduction of the classical Greek period. Until 1787, when the United States Constitution was ratified and adopted, that's 2,297 years to get anything like the United States, the first country of its type to be founded in the manner that it was. I say to you and to everybody else that says this country is irredeemable and it cannot be saved, I say to you, you are literally wasting 2,297 years of Western civilization and what has led us to the Constitution of the United States. It took 2,297 years to get this country, unique above all others in all of human history. And I say it's worth fighting for and saving and restoring that republic. Now, I don't know how it's going to be done. I I ain't that wise. I wish I was. But I know one thing. If we give up on it, we're giving up on the best chance human beings have ever had for a combination of civil order and liberty. And right now it seems like too many of us are willing to give up on it. Yeah, that's true. Well, what's going to have to happen <clears throat> is states, people are going to have to get to the point where you say, no, we ain't going to do it. And you have to send that message out even before the subject is even at hand. And you need to send it to the courts, too. You need to tell the courts. You need to start talking to the judges, sending them a message. It's in certain words like, your behavior can get you kicked out. I think that would help. Now, that's not the only thing, but I think that's needed. Can I just All kind right. of radiate or, sure. or bring up two points? And I'm not, sure. no, you know, hit, okay, Here, here's the thing. I really appreciate that, that history, that timeline, okay? And here is a very hardcore fact about why uh, this country is so unique. 
the colonies in 1763 to 1773, 10 years, had colonial script, meaning debt-free currency based on the production. England, King George, was in debt from Rome, and we're not saying the Pope, we're not saying Catholic Church, we're saying Rome in the 13 families, they were in debt, and the colonies were the most flourishing and most productive, and they were jealous. And that's where in 1773, because we would not take on an interest-bearing currency, because we already had 10 years of colonial script, debt-free currency, that everything started going south. So before the Constitution was ratified and so forth, the colonies had it together with get off my money, okay? Uh, you're yeah. not going to tax – you're not going to interest on my money. I work hard for my money. My money works hard for me. So, gentlemen and your listeners, fact check that. Know that we in this side of the hemisphere were the first to have a debt-free currency and – in 1914, the Brad Brandbury Pound, England picked up from its cousin, picked up from the colonies, and they tried to introduce a debt-free instrument, and it got squashed, and it got manipulated. So these are two facts, okay, that that's what our country is about. It's about profiting from your production, not getting money by somebody else's labor. And that is what the world, you know, wants is everybody gets gets rewarded for their own doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it does. Uh, it used does. To be, boy. <laughs> it used to be it. <laughs> but because they got us on they're greenbacks. They got us on the USD. So, you know, four people, when, when you start saying, I don't want to use this, gets clapped. Come on now. I mean, evidence is in front of us. So when yeah. we withdraw consent and we stop investing in USD and we start investing in Florida script, Tennessee script, North Carolina script, and so forth. And we start and, and now let building. me ask you, doesn't that violate does that violate any laws with the de facto? Because we know coinage of money is a very serious thing. You know, they, the government these criminals take this very they take that very seriously, these IRS uh, foreign collectors. You know, so is that is using another currency or bartering with another currency, is that illegal? Well, you got crypto, don't you? That's digital. That's not a physical currency, right. though. That's digital. Did I did I mention anything, you know, physical? So you got a point. What it is, I don't know if if creating the, um, you know, the Bob Marley dollar, let's just call it, in in circulating yep. the Marley dollar in between uh, the states, if that's a crime. What I know is a crime is counterfeit. In, in yes. You have the Liberty dollar that I think is going, and 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 so forth. Nevada, Wyoming. So there are stuff out there on the on on the marketplace but where i'm going with is you have to build the micro economy okay 
you have to have that bullion barter mentality amongst your people, amongst your community. You but know what also confuses you me would, about that? Is what is our that? foundational base? What's our base do we build from? Because it's kind of like two-faced or, or to say, I'm going to trade in my Federal Reserve notes for our Barb Molly dollar, just, just as an example. Uh, you know, uh, So you want 100 Federal Reserve notes for two Bob Marley dollars? Well, you know, so here we are back to a class system again. You know, whoever's got the most Federal Reserve notes has more Bob Marley dollars. You know what I mean? So what, how, what base do you we start from? You don't cash in the notes, though. The uh, notes become uh, uh, I got, I got a question, and it's based on Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution, which says no state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of mark and reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts, pass any bill of attainder, ex post facto law or law impairing the obligation of contracts, or grant any title of nobility. Is anything you said would is there anything that you said that might be in conflict with that aspect of the Constitution? Well, for one thing, I about, say not. The Constitution can always be amended. By I say we are already but until it is, Yeah, but until it is, is there anything that you have said that might be in conflict with that aspect of the Constitution? No, we're already in conflict with Federal Reserve notes. It, okay, <laughs> did, you, did you notice the first sentence? No other states, not microeconomy. So go back to your own words, your own reading. Huh. No, I think why you, are you, you relying, you why are you relying on daddy government to create Boy, you mentioned Tennessee scripts, though. You mentioned specific state scripts. I, I, those are citizens that live in that script, in that state. Huh. Make sense now? Oh, okay. I thought, you meant, I thought you meant there were state-issued scripts. Yeah, no, sir. But good point. Okay. Good point. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm glad you is, that up. <laughs> All right, yeah, okay, so I'm glad to straighten that up. Okay, I got it now. Okay. So we're allowing communities, you know, to create it. But let's just remember, you know, like in the Civil War and the Mass- Massachusetts coming down to Fort Sumpner, you have commonality. You have community by state. You don't, you know, your state loyalty used to be stronger than your, your nation's loyalty, but it's only yeah. conditioning and programming. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Right? There you go. And then you get down to why do we have, you know, um, you know, 404 and, and 202, et cetera, where you got more loyalty to exactly what area code you're in, you know, yeah. In, yeah. and so forth. And when we're trading beef and chicken and, and cloth and hemp and weed and liquor, you know, I want to know who I'm trading with, right? Sure, sure. There you go. Sure, you're right. So that's All right, so let's do uh, Okay, well, uh, anybody else who wants to chime in here, we'll do closing thoughts. It's a nice podcast. Okay. Anybody who's listening, want to press one and do closing thoughts, you can. Uh, you got something you want to add? If not, we'll do closing thoughts to everybody here uh, uh, or, or uh, add whatever we can here to the platform. Uh, there was a few people that were supposed to join us here tonight, and they didn't. Uh, I wish they would have. I wish they could have got in on this conversation. So, And if you're having problems connecting, I don't see why. All you got to do is press one on your uh, when you call in. So uh, pretty soon I'll probably try to link this to YouTube where I can go live on YouTube because I think that's free, you know, where people can interact with the chat there. I've noticed we get some large audiences with that. 
So uh, we'll go with uh, 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 Mr. Um, who's first? Three one four. I forget your name, man. And <laughs> Pianchi, go ahead. It's been a long day. Go ahead. Closing thoughts, man. Well, like I said before, some state people are going to have to put this initiative out there, and hopefully it'll catch on. That's what we're doing. Able to say no, we're not going to do it, and I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about you know somebody that even not, that's not even listening to this conversation. That's what it's going to take because once you do that, and especially send a message to these Supreme Court judges and tell them, look, yeah. if you misbehave, you're out. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's just like when you was a kid, your father told you if you do this, that, or the other, you're going to get your ass whooped. Well, it wasn't about the this, that, or the other that you was concerned. Those days are even gone when you think about it. From your butt. <laughs> think about it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, Bianchi. Uh, Sarge, you go. Closing thoughts. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate this dis- sort of discussion because I think I think one of the most important things, along with probably the most pressing uh, problem we got right now. Uh, with regard to this, is restoring election integrity uh, because it's really shot to H-E-double-L right now. But I, the one thing about these discussions is restoring the proper balance between the aspects of the constitutional government, which are, number one, we the people, number two, the sovereign states, and number three, the federal government, in roughly that order. To restore that balance is so vital and so important but yet still we are faced with the specter of a great senator named John Kennedy interrogating for her fitness to hold office, you know, confirmation hearings, a federal judge, a federal been on the bench for eight years now, and asking this woman, what is Article 5 and Article 2 of the Constitution? And she literally said, under oath, she did not know. Now, you know, I, you know I'm looked. I'm, and then on top of it, the Senate voted to confirm her, which was even worse. They voted to confirm this woman, despite hearing her say she didn't know what even Article 2 was and how many times the federal judge have to rule on Article 2 matter, for God's sake. So, I mean, I really find it uh, – We got. I think we just need to understand what we're up against with regard to people who are federal judges who don't even know the most basic aspect of the Constitution, being asked to rule upon something that is relatively obscure to most people and probably to include most jurists, something like quo warranto or writs of remonstrance. I think it, we are, I mean, sometimes when I think about what we're confronted with and what we have to go up against is not insurmountable. Well, let me ask you something, Clark. But really a, hill, a big, big, big hill to climb, and we ain't got no low gear. Let me ask you something, Sarge. What's her inability to answer the question? Is that considered misbehavior? I wouldn't say so. It's certainly ignorance. It certainly means she's not qualified to have the job. Her confirmation should have been rejected. Yeah. All right. Well, that's something to think about. I'm going to pray us out here. If that's my get my guest, my first guest here, four one zero. He gets to uh, close give his closing thoughts here. Go ahead, there. Talk, recap what we talked about here. Wow, recap is is a tall, tall. Uh, <laughs> you glass. can do it. <laughs> okay. um, you know what I mean. The, the key, the key thing, and it's it's I came here, you know, was invited and and so forth. 
is we do have a tool, but it seems like we're not picking up the tool, we're not working the tool, we're not understanding the tool. And that tool is one of many tools in the toolbox, so it's not the only one. So with that being said, when you present the legislature a remonstrance, redress, petition of the judicial, so that is a part of the cross-check and checks and balances. You write a petition to scold, to identify, to debench the judicial. Okay, that's what that tool is used for. It's not just listen to me, listen to me, elected representative. No, it's I got dirt on judge so and so. Do something about it. And if you don't do something about it, you are in breach of the Constitution. You shall be removed. Step one. Okay, and all this talk, and and I'm, this is my second time, and and I just wish people would. You know, just take a little time and understand that that's one tool. The second tool is the the swarming, where you create a court evidence, a digital audio file saying, do your job, respond to the petition. And you create so many outcry of that that it is recorded. So then when you go to civil suit, and when you present to your constable, your constitution sheriff, yes, we have the ability to touch all three branches of government. By us presenting the sheriff and the citizen survey is step one with the local sheriff. How many men and women on this audience has had a meeting with your local sheriff? I and 20 other men met with the sheriff in the county that I resided in about six months ago. We went through the exercise. We didn't lip service. We did the work, okay? And he, with 20 witnesses, says, I will withhold the Constitution and deem these things that went through in the past, and it had to deal with COVID a lot, I, I, I see that I have support, I have a posse, and and therefore, you know, it, and it's going to be a judgment call, you know, when the next lockdown comes, okay? But when someone goes on oath and record, but again, they're going to get voted in, voted out, but it's having that relationship. It's having that sit down, that meet up with your sheriff. And people that live in the cities, you choose to live there. God bless you, okay? But I'd rather work with a sheriff than a chief of police. So just think about that. And and the thing is, the, the country and the suburbs are more free than the people in the city because the chief of police is, is a corporate chief of police. You have chances with the sheriffs. But remember, it's the Board of Commissioners. Look at the process. How did they get the J-O-B? You don't elect chief of police. You, you, the city council brings them in, right or wrong. So that is my summary of uh, tonight is remonstrance, petition, checks the judges through the legislature. That is two branches. 
then Swarm backs that up. That's the people's work after writing the petition. And then uh, interviewing, surveying your sheriff in, in the rural and the suburbs. If we can get that. And look at the state of Illinois, folks. It's happening. So many sheriffs said we will not enforce the assault rifles ban. It is happening. But okay. mainstream media is not going to talk about it. It's only through alternative media podcasting that the word gets out. Okay? And, and that's what we got to keep up. And Tuesday night seems to be the night. And, and uh, how many people are going to tune in next Tuesday and say, I got a draft? Or I looked at the videos of John Gentry and I have these questions. Or how can we, and I'm wrapping up here, how can we. Um, you know, have a landing page or deposit all these nooks and crannies. We just talked about some really good key points about the Constitution and microeconomies and so forth, and and how we the people can are free people to interact with one another. We chose the method of currency. Okay, it's just we've been conditioned and programmed since birth. Not to think about anything but the USD, and times are changing. So that is my recap. Thank you. All right, all right. Well, I'm gonna pray us out here. Uh, okay, and because uh, we can't do anything without God. So, oh my God, uh, we started this meeting with you, and we are closing it with you. Thank you for making this meeting a success. We would not have done it without you, because many, many are our plans, but it is you who establishes them. May the things we have learned today stir our hearts, and may we put them into action. May what we've learned impact our lives, families, friends, and the rest of the world positively. In Jesus' name, we believe and pray. Pray this. Jesus, my Savior, we praise you for you, your loving devotion and justice. We thank you for the sweetness of your spirit that has been hovering over us throughout this meeting. We are grateful that even though we are different, we are one in the spirit. We thank you for blessing us with unity throughout this meeting. We are blessed by learning from the perspectives of each person on this podcast together. We thank you for the insight that we can receive from one another as we leave you now. Leave now, excuse me. May we continue to walk in the spirit. Amen in Jesus' name. God bless our republic, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, next Tuesday we get, uh, we, you know, slam pack these phone lines a little bit more and uh, get more uh, voices out there, and, and like you said, move forward and put put this action into into uh, to working, you know, work because we uh, we got a lot of work to do to restore our republic. That's for sure. Everybody, take care. Thanks for joining me tonight. God Thanks bless our republic.